0: Hello, and welcome to the Thinking Elixir podcast, where we cover the news of the community and learn from each other. My name is Mark Erickson. I'm Cade Ward.
1: And I'm David Bernheisel.
0: Let's jump into the news. First up, Jose Valim has updated phoenix.template to include an implementation of the embed templates slash two macro. And I saw this and I was like, what? What is all this? Then I realized that Phoenix underscore template is a new library that came out as part of Phoenix 1.7. When Phoenix moved away from the views, they needed a way to tie templates on disk, like the .heex file, to the component that might be rendering it if you're not doing it as in fully embedded inside, you know, with the sigil h inside your components or your or your live views. So this is like to connect that on disk file. To something else. They've put all that into Phoenix template. And that's as a separate library now. And Philip Brown had an issue when he was trying to render a dot XML template in the new Phoenix one seven. So that caused him to dig in deeper about how Phoenix template worked. And he blogged about it we'll have a link to the blog in the show notes but then with this update it was fixed so the thing he was showing you how to work around is actually fixed but since this is a new project i thought it would be interesting to get a little bit of coverage on this from the phoenix template project it says this package provides functions for loading and compiling templates from disk as well as the behavior for compiling markup languages what I got from this is we are currently in Phoenix 1.7.0 RC2. So there was RC0, one, and now we're on two. That came out mid-January. And Cade, last week we were talking about how it's been a longer release cycle. Yes, it has been so long. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, why you were holding off? It's like I'll just wait for the final. And it's like, oh, then I realized when you have bigger changes like this, where you know, you're removing views and you're having a different way of loading templates and you're having all these other things like the verified routes, then there's a a lot more opportunity for little edge cases to have an issue. And that's what Philip ran into. This was a case where that longer RC phase, when you're dealing with more significant changes, even if they're not breaking changes in the end, they're not breaking, but Maybe there's some little edge cases like where he wanted to work with XML files and they weren't getting loaded up properly, but now they are. I think it just helps explain the release candidate phase that we're seeing right now. But I think like with that last one, RC2, it was just two minor bug fixes. So I think we're probably getting really close.
1: Yeah. And when we finally come out, I guess they will have caught a bunch of these edge
0: cases and it'll just be a nice, smooth release. Yep. Fly.io It's a great place to run Elixir apps. With many global regions, a private network that makes it easy to cluster your app, and a powerful CLI, it's something you should really try out. Experience it for yourself at fly.io.
1: Next up, Jose shared a bit about the work going on in the NX project. In genserver.social, he shared, with the upcoming work on... Using multiple GPUs, Elixir will be able to scale across multiple cores, multiple GPUs, and multiple machines. Smiley face. Basically, just throw any hardware at it and you are good. So that sounds pretty cool.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> I've always like had these visions in my mind of like these server farms where people do hardcore stuff, and you'll, you're going to be able to do that soon in Elixir.
0: Yeah. And one of the things I thought was interesting that I heard Jose say previously was That when a lot of times people talk about multi core development with GPUs in the Python space, they're talking about multiple GPU cores in one machine. They're not even talking about distributed multiple machines. But now, because Elixir supports that, then that becomes a new advantage, right? To an Elixir based solution. So, very cool. And just a quick note of correction previously, when I was talking about Mike Clark and his live view training video. I had incorrectly said he was with Prag Prague, but he's not. He's with Pragmatic Studio. So just wanted to make sure people were aware where they can go and find that training material.
1: Well we saw on Twitter a guy by the name of Enrique Ley. He was interviewing people learning Elixir and he shared some interesting results on Twitter. Most of the people were already proficient in one language when they were coming to Elixir. There were several reasons why they chose Elixir and he summarized some of the reasons We'd like to share some with you. One of them was functional benefits. He said scalability and fault tolerance, letting it crash philosophy and immutability. These were sets of functional benefits, making Elixir a strong language to build large scale real time apps. So he goes on to say, in the words of the community, Elixir is a dynamic functional language for building scalable and maintainable applications. It leverages the Erlang VM known for running low latency distributed and fault-tolerant systems.
0: Yeah, in that Twitter thread, he also had another section titled emotional benefits. And I think that's kind of fun just to think about, like that when we're working with a programming language, there are some emotional benefits. Like if you're like, continually frustrated with the tools you used, it's just gonna be painful and you're not gonna enjoy it. A couple of the points that he shared here is Elixir devs love the syntax. This is important, especially if you need to go back to a project you wrote a few months ago and you need to troubleshoot something. Another point under emotional benefits is Elixir is exciting, as it has a strong core language that allows extensibility with ease. People feel very excited about it. And he said that really came through in the interviews, like feeling people's excitement. And the last one under emotional benefits is confidence. You have a lot of tools baked into the language, code formatters, tests, and documentation, which lead to boosts in productivity through code quality.
1: And another topic that he brought up under collective benefit, he said, the community is full of love. If you're a newbie and you want to learn, you will feel welcomed. And I think that's especially true. The Elixir forum, people who are sharing things on Twitter, it's, it always seems like it's a positive, uplifting place to be.
0: That's why we love it. And next up, Elixir Telemetry is going to gain GRPC support soon. That was something we saw from Paulo Valente.
1: Yeah, that should be nice for those of you using GRPC. Well, if you've ever been interested in using a WYSIWYG editor, what you see is what you get. It's that little rich text editor where you can highlight things and bold it or italicize it inside of a text area. It kind of upgrades your text area to more of a little editor. There was a recent Elixir cast on the Trix editor. So we'll drop a link in the show notes if you're interested in that. It's a short little video about how to install that and how to make it render correctly.
0: And next up, we saw something called Code Code Ship. If you recall back to an effort that Dashbit was doing with Jose and them, they were launching a service called BytePack. The idea with BytePack is that people could host a package and have it be like subscription based where you could pay for access to commercial things. So Code Code Ship is something that is like that, where the idea of selling your code. And they're starting with Elixir as being able to offer paid elixir packages and hosting for those but they intend to branch out into javascript c sharp and ruby so it's just interesting it's the first of its kind in our community and we'll just have to see where that goes and what kinds of projects that might enable or you know what'll happen and last up code beam light
1: in stockholm takes place on may 12th 2023 And it'll be a one-track in-person conference. We'll drop a link to the show notes if you're interested in attending that.
0: We would love to have a conference roundup and just tell you about all the different conferences that are going on out there because we're coming into the summer, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, where there happen to be a lot of conferences. So tell us about the conferences that you know of or that you're involved with so we can share it. You can find ways to contact us in the show notes. And that's it for the news.